Greg, my name is JP Pinar. Welcome to the What Happened podcast, where I interview people to find out what they wanted to be when they were younger and then what happened after that. What career path did they go down and how are things currently going for them in their current job? Today, our guest is Karan Train. Hope you enjoy the interview. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, my name is JP Pinar. I'm here today with Karan Train. Um, Karan, if, welcome to the podcast. And um, yeah, if you can just start off by telling us where you're working at the moment, uh, just give us an idea of your of your current position. Okay, hi JP. Um, I work for Queens Park, which is a large fashion retailer in South Africa. We have almost seventy stores, and I'm a buyer at their head office. But I don't buy the apparel, clothing. I buy footwear, handbags, belts, costume jewelry intimate wear which falls into lingerie and some branded um, and some branded lingerie as well so if your so your specific job title would be buyer but is it is there a word before that is it like fashion buyer or just uh, i'm a buyer buyer. fundamentally a footwear buyer because obviously the budget for footwear is enormous and it's the biggest it's a very big department biggest department in my portfolio so yeah um just briefly can you take us through just the the pressures of buying so you are responsible for purchasing um, clothing for a cert- for a particular season and you making the call ahead of time based on information that you have. And then from my understanding, if that doesn't sell well, then you know there's that pressure of, of possibly buying the wrong thing or making the wrong call. Um, if you are you able to just give some information on that? Sure, sure. So I think the biggest thing is to be able to make sure that more of what you buy does sell than what doesn't sell. You're never going to be 100% perfect. I don't think there's a buyer anywhere in the world that can say that their range sells out 100% everything. So, And I think it's something you just gain with experience. Yeah. So, And also understanding your customer and understanding your um, what your brand stands for. And that just comes, as I say, with, with lots of experience. And also we have a couple of mottos. So like trend is not our friend. So we make sure that we're not buying things that are too young and too trendy. Okay. And we also believe that our customers want to feel fabulous. So every day you have to remember yeah. those um, those mottos. So I was going to ask you, how, how are you making the purchasing decisions? So are you looking maybe at, well, geez, I don't even know, like previous sales or yes. you're following trends, but you're not following it too closely. How do you... Make a call. We do. We do look at pre. We do look at previous sales, and we also have a system where you can every day it's updated, and you can see what you've bought. And on that system, it'll tell you how much you've sold. So you can see, for example, if there's a trend that a colour you've bought is not doing well, or for example, like I said in footwear, which is my biggest portfolio, if there's a heel height that's maybe not trending, or there might be a price that's not trending that's too high. Or um, there can be a, a, a some bad decisions as well. Fit is also an important criteria. So if you have something that's a bad fit, imperative to make sure your fits are good because otherwise, then you also have something that won't sell. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then if you can just take us through the specifics of your job, uh, maybe just a um, just what does a typical day look like? 
Each day is, is different and each season is different, but there are some basics and you are given a budget by the planning department and you have to fulfill that budget and in that budget will tell you how many, um, how many different ways you need to buy and it'll also give you an indication of what price points they need to be. So you've got to get out there and make sure that you fill, fill that buy so that at the end of the day, the company can do the turnover and make the profit required. So there's a lot of pressure to make sure that you have the right assortment, that you buy enough variation and you buy enough different looks, but without being over the top. Okay. Yeah. And you are you working, do you have an assistant at the moment? Yes, yeah, always have an assistant. So how do you, maybe this is a bit off topic, but um, how, do you, how do you sort of find the balance between um, what to ask them or um, sort of delegating work to them? How... Well, we work in teams of three. The, the buyer has a, um, has a quality person. And fortunately for me, I've got our head quality um, person in, in my team. So, um, and each person has their own, their own um, responsibilities each day. And the assistant, a lot of their work is administrative in the sense of it's the processing of the orders. So they know exactly what's expected of them and to ensure that they put the orders through at the correct time, that, that they have barcodes that are correct. And they have a whole list of things which they need to do. And then obviously also we do um, SWATs, which means that we review our goods. So they assist with that, they assist with everything. And the other thing is to also try and, I believe, to uplift your um, your assistant so that they can also um, progress in their own career. So give them insight into what you're doing all the time. Okay. And yeah. um, what do you enjoy about your job at the moment? Um, I think that it's forever changing. I think the thing that the most enjoyable thing is that when you actually see good sellers, there's nothing more exciting. Yeah. And when you're able to repeat items as well. And also when... Um, when the trends are something that you like, sometimes when it's quite tough when they when they're trends that um, that you that you don't really feel um, feel comfortable with, it's quite difficult because that's quite a challenge. It's quite nerve wracking sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. obviously, as I said, yeah. we don't always follow the trend exactly. But okay. um, yeah, but the best part is definitely when they are yeah. when they are brilliant sellers. Can that's you give an example exciting. of maybe like a trend that you really didn't like, or you you just don't understand why it's selling so well, but it just continues to do really well. Um, well, sometimes it can. It, so you said something that doesn't do. Sometimes it can be a color that sometimes is a is an yeah. issue that you'll find more in a color. But um, probably a trend that's doing well, for example, in footwear, there's an item called jellies, and it's jelly <laughs> shoes, but not the jelly shoes that you got back in the 1980s or 1990s. Today's jelly sandals are beautiful with little diamantes. Okay. They're well priced, and they've really taken our company by storm. So it's <laughs> and been you don't quite like, exciting. And you don't like jellies. I mean, you, um, wouldn't, no, you wouldn't no, buy no. It for yourself. Or? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that that I, that I wouldn't. But yeah. it's been um, but it's been fantastic. How how a product like that actually it was well priced and it's really pretty with full of either glitter or sparkles yeah. it's just been amazing yeah how how the market has actually loved them okay yeah and then what do you not enjoy about your job um i probably probably the it's it, probably the waking up early every day that's okay. probably so it's not actually per se in my job because each day is so busy there's no time to really not enjoy anything I mean it's quite <laughs> exciting it's yeah. it's a it's a busy it's a permanently busy job it's a job full of pressure and yeah. 
Um, and I quite like that. I like the pressure and I like being busy. So, But I'm just not sure that I enjoy the 4.35 alarm clock that goes off every yeah. morning. Okay. So that's probably the worst part of my working week. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I didn't have any definite ideas, but um, I was also brought up in a household with a father who didn't think that a woman should um, work. So... My sister and myself were groomed to leave school from a young age and to, to get married and have children and look after them, as my mother had done. So I didn't have any great ideas from a, from a young age, although when I had to select my subjects, I chose French because I thought it might be quite nice to be an air hostess. Okay. But I'm not so sure it was really a serious decision. And... Um, and then my dad said that it would be a good idea to take typing in case I um, didn't get married too soon. I could always do some sort of secretarial <laughs> work, but that definitely wasn't for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, or is there one thing, if you could do it now, um, that you, you know, or I'd love to be a whatever, is there anything like that that you've maybe wondered about? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, that I think I should have taken schooling um, more seriously and not felt that it wasn't for um, that it wasn't really for for females to, to <laughs> pursue a tertiary education. Okay. And I definitely think that I should have um, gone into some sort of serious tertiary education. Yeah, I, I would have gone into something creative. Possibly another thing that would have interested me, which only developed later in life, was definitely homeware and interior um, decorating, something along those lines, and to have studied that. But it was only okay. something. I, I found in my latter journey of life. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting that you say something along the lines of sort of interior design because as you speak for the interview, I'm kind of sitting in a room that's maybe got, you know, you said, you know, four or five um, very nice um, side tables and lamps and it just, yeah, it looks amazing. So um, that definitely makes sense. You know, I think anyone walking into your lounge would, you know, um, it looks like um, a magazine page from House and Home pretty much. Um, which I mean as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay, so then you, I believe that you started working from quite an early age. Um, if you can just tell us a story. So after school, where did you, what did you start okay, doing? Okay, so after school, I was 16 and matric matriculated at 17. As we were at five, we used to start school. So, um, so was that just, um, that was normal at the time? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And it fell on... at 17? Yeah, okay. yeah. So I was 17 when I matriculated. And um, I decided that I definitely wanted to um, get working as there was no option of me going to um, study with, with my <coughs> dad. He'd already set his mind on my brothers and their university studies. So I actually went into the Southern Sun Hotel. I drew up a CV and I went to the Southern Sun Hotel and I applied for a job. And I got a job as a receptionist okay. and I worked on reception for a couple of months. And after, I think in my fourth month, they approached me and said they wanted me to move over to from front office, which was reception, to food and beverage, to the restaurant, that there was an opening and they'd like to train me up as a trainee manager Okay. So for the restaurant. Okay. So I did that for another year. And Sorry, so you're 17 years old. You draft a CV yeah. and you literally walk down to the Southern Sun. Yes. Cold, this is cold, the cold yeah. call. Yeah. And you introduce yourself, you have an interview yes. and then you, okay. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's quite, was that quite nerve wracking uh, or did you sort of just take it in your stride? I think I took it in my stride. I didn't really overthink it then. I, <laughs> I wanted to get a job. I'd yeah. waitressed while I was in high school, but I wanted a job with a set amount of income and I wanted to become independent. So yeah. I actually, um, I think three or four months after I left school, 
I left home as well. I got an, the hours were quite hectic at the hotel and I got an apartment um, very close to the hotel. So um, yeah, that's what I did. And I stayed at Southern Suns for two years. And then I moved to the Vineyard Hotel in Newlands, which was a beautiful hotel. I loved it. I loved yeah. the, actually the decor was what, um, the decor and the gardens were what I loved about it. And it was yeah. old world. It was just so beautiful. It wasn't like a chain hotel, like a Southern Sun. Okay. And I went to work there for a year and used to get odd days off. And I was a little bit, I was concerned because my friends all were off on the weekends and I was always working every weekend. So I thought, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And I looked at the first job finder that I looked at, I saw there was a job for a trainee fabric buyer at Rex Trufor, which is the holding company for Queen's Park. Mm -hmm. And I sent my CV and I had an interview and I got the job. And Um, yeah, thirty something years later, that's okay. where I am, and that's how that's how things turned out for for my career. Why? So why do you think they hired you? Because you would have been in a completely different industry. Um, do you think you maybe in the interview you displayed you know that you would do really well? Because I mean, you know, you had no previous experience. No in that previous field. experience. So yeah. Why do you think they hired you? Well. Such? I wasn't sure, but when I went for the interview, before I went for the interview, they did ask me, do you have experience in this field? And I said I didn't, but I said that I wanted a career change and that I was passionate about uh, fashion and I was interested in getting into fashion. So anyhow, and I went for the interview and... Do you remember it as a a good interview? I mean, was there... um do you remember doing really well in the interview? It was just a, it was actually a position for, as a fabric in the fabric buying department, and yeah. it was more an administrative junior position. Okay. So it was a stepping stone, which I knew was going to be. And they explained that to me, and I was young and said it was fine. I would take on the challenge, and and fortunately, after my first year in that department, I um, went to I moved over to what had now become they had started with Queens Park. And one of the ladies in the Queen's Park department was going on maternity leave. So Patch up, the CEO's wife, asked me whether or not I would like this lady to, um, to train me. And today, this same lady is our head of quality and one of my best friends. Okay. So she's worked there for even longer than me. She's been there for more than 35 years. So yeah. So, yeah, so I took her position while she was on maternity leave. And by the time she came back six months later, yeah. um, the company had expanded and needed both of us in the position. The company was growing okay. rapidly. So there was room for both of us, uh, which was great. Um, so your your two sons are nearing the end of their studies. Um, if you can just maybe just tell us what what did they study? Okay, so my oldest son um, studied BCom, and he's got a degree in BCom um, financial accounting, mm-hmm. and then he did his honours degree in um, business management and entrepreneurship. Okay. And my youngest son has got a degree in environmental and geographical studies, and his honours degree is in town planning, and he's about to embark on his master's in town planning. Okay. So this is Ross, um, your son, my stepbrother. Um, so he, there was maybe a point where he sort of really turned things around, really focused on his studies. Yeah. Uh, what do you think happened there? Um, do you think he sort of realised that he wants to take it seriously at some point or um, what do you think the the changing moment was I think he really enjoyed what he was studying I think in environmental and geographical studies he actually realized he got there and he realized this is so different to school and 
he suddenly thought, I, I don't have all the rules and regulations of school, and this is like all up to me now, and it's, I can yeah. like go where I want to with this. Yeah. So um, yeah, so he actually, so 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 he just he loved what he was doing. Okay. Yeah. Because he's yeah, I mean he's been doing really well. Um, yeah. Just the marks that he's been getting. Yeah. Um, and then in his honours, he decided not. He he was accepted for environmental and geographical studies, and he was accepted for town planning. But I think that the town planning was a two year. Um, a two-year course that ran concurrently to do your master's and it also was a uh, it had an international accreditation where he didn't have to do a conversion and he's he's always known that he does want to go overseas he might even go and study further in um norway next year okay yeah yeah next year after he's done his master's so when your when your two sons sort of told you what they want to study um how did you how did you play that did you sort of um did they sort of work that out by themselves or were you, um, were you happy with their decision or did you agree with what they were studying or did you recommend something else? Or no, my, so my younger son, he, um, he came up with the idea to do environmental and geographical studies and I was quite surprised because I thought that it associated in my mind the environment and I just wasn't sure if he was an outdoor enough person, but he had excelled in, in geography and his matric results were, were good, you know, in, the, in that sphere. Yeah. So, um, but he'd made up his mind and I was quite happy that if that for him to follow his dreams and it did work out, so which was fantastic. And yeah. then with Bjorn, he, um, he had always wanted to do uh, BCom accounting since he was in high school. But um, he would be an interesting person to interview as well because yeah. he he was, I think, following my brothers who had both gone through um, UCT and um, both started out as chartered accountants. The one is, is a chartered accountant today, although not practicing as a chartered accountant. And uh, the other one changed over to business science and um, didn't do didn't uh, do his articles but he's also very happy in in the banking sphere that he's in today but Bjorn um, decided that it wasn't for him it was actually not at all what he thought it was going to be so he's had a journey of his own in having to make decisions and finding something else but I think along along his journey as well he's also been as you know a a volunteer um, paramedic and firefighter he's done a lot of other things and he's been interested in a lot of things so yeah yeah. okay Um, do you maybe go back a bit in the story so when you um, after high school I believe you left home and then you started working. Yes. So what was what was that like? Because now you you're trying to sort of get your first job going, but you're also having to pay rent. So so, yeah. so looking back at the time, I just knew that I had to do it. So I didn't really overthink it, and yeah. I had an apartment really close to um, to where I worked. I didn't have a car, so I used to walk to and from work, and even yeah. in the like rain and the and when it was dark as well, which I suppose today one wouldn't really be able to do. But um, with hindsight, it probably would have been better to have stayed at home for a little while and to have saved some money and, um, yeah, to have not just done what I did on the, on the one hand, but and I wouldn't and I didn't recommend that my own children did that. But on the other hand, it's made me um, very wise with money. It's made me learn how to budget and... Um, so I think that there were advantages, but it's not something that I would recommend again. And yeah. I can say that my parents did not help me 
at all. When I told my father I was leaving home at 17 and that I had a job, he said to me, do not ask me for a cent. Okay. I don't think you're doing the right thing. Okay. So, um, yeah. and he will tell you that today. He will quite happily tell you that today. Um, okay. I must say five years later, he did lend me some money to yeah. buy a car. I did pay him back all the money. But okay. um, so yeah, once he'd seen that I actually um, yeah. was making it on my own and that yeah. there was no trouble, no problems. Okay. Yeah. So. Were there ever any sort of close calls? So maybe... You know, you're waiting for a paycheck to come in, but now you're needing there's some other expense and rent's going to fall. Were there ever those sort of Never. like juggling? Okay. Never. So I, always paid, I always paid everything I had to pay up front and always put my food money and my electricity okay. money one side. Okay. And then and then the rest was, I somehow I was very lucky. I don't know if it was in my genes or how, but, um, yeah. and, I've, and I've managed to maintain that throughout my life. And it's something that I really hope that my sons do as well, that yeah. I've never, ever got myself into financial trouble in all my years or had any any financial issues ever so and I've many times landed up having to support myself and and, and at times my two sons so, yeah which yeah. I want to which is uh, to my next point so uh, what do you think are the the positives of the decision that you made to pursue the career that you're in uh, so just when I asked my dad that same question the obvious one there is that you know, with his, uh, whatever, the career that he did have, uh, that solid income, obviously yeah. then there's a foundation off of which my brother and I could like build a life, you know. Yeah. We, you need that like, stability. Absolutely. So what do you think of the positive aspects of um, your career? Well, I think that, that um, I, I had a job where I had a medical aid and I had a pension. And for me, that that was very important. The security of, of knowing that I would always be able to look after myself if need be. And um, also important to have my own medical aid. And then also because I joined uh, the Rex Trueform group uh, before the onset of Queen's Park and was part of the um, working at the head office at the start of Queen's Park, I um, worked with the um, then um, CEO, Stuart Shubb's daughter, who came into the business, who was the same age as me, and built a fantastic working relationship with her. Today, she is our CEO. And um, when I got married and had children, I actually um, was able to work half days when I came back which isn't always possible in all um, yeah. corporate environments. Yeah. So I think that had a lot to do with um, how long I've worked with the company because I really appreciated being able to do a job that I loved and to be able to be there for my children and to raise them. And yeah. I only spent time with them in the afternoons. I didn't have other uh, extracurriculars or uh, any yeah. interests that I pursued. I just spent all my afternoons um with yeah. with my boys when they were young, so I think that amazing, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that was uh, a fantastic balance and not something that everybody's able to turn around and say that they've had a career that spanned so long, yeah, and with one company and that they were, had the flexibility to be able to do that. Yeah, financially yeah. it was quite tough, but um, but worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you could do things again, would you study something like interior design? Or, yes. Okay, so yeah. if you could do it over, yeah, okay. I would. Yeah. So do you think the um, or maybe, okay, so the way that you came into your current career is, um, you know, you went from one thing to the next and then you sort of built it up slowly. Yeah. But how do you think, what do you think would have had to have been different for you to um, study interior design? Was it that you maybe uh, weren't aware of that particular job or that, that something like that existed? 
Yeah, I or wasn't. No, why I wasn't. do you think you missed it, or you just didn't? Uh, no, I don't think it? I was. I don't think I was aware of it, and I think I was just caught up in the time, and it was just something that I became interested in later. But yeah. I mean, I've managed to continue with my own career in clothing and fashion, yeah. and I've helped, like, in my own family, I've helped them with like decorating houses. I've done it for a few friends. I've done some renovations as well. So apart from the interior decorating, actually a little bit of renovating. Yeah. Yeah, which I've done for, yeah, as I say, for some friends and for some family. So I have also been a bit fortunate that I've been able to do a bit of that on the on the side, but not for financial gain, just, yeah, yeah. just personal. Um, if you could visit your eight-year-old self just for two minutes, what would you tell yourself? It doesn't have to be career advice. It can be anything. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to your eight-year-old self? Probably what I've always said to probably what I've always said to my children that there's nothing more important than your health that you cannot buy your health so always remember that that's the most important thing yeah. that um, your family is also very important and also I think the third thing that I've always said to them is that always make sure that you do something that you love don't do it for anyone else yeah. everybody will try and give you advice but find what you really enjoy because at the end of the day it's your life and you only have one so yeah yeah. Um, and just on that, why do you think a lot of people, perhaps the majority of people, don't do what they love? Probably a lot of the time, maybe for financial reasons. Um, other people, I think, possibly because they do what their parents wanted them to do. But I, but in saying that, I think that that could possibly be more of my own generation. I think that. Um, I think that a lot. I think that the generation of today are more free thinking. That they, that there's so many more opportunities. That that um, especially in South Africa, I mean, so many kids study overseas. So many of them go for gap years. Whereas you know, closer to 35, 40 years ago, you didn't have those opportunities. You yeah. know, when I was leaving school or in high school. So, yeah. I think things have evolved a lot. So I think yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, I think, yeah, thank you very much for your time. That's um, yeah, all the time we have today. Um, and yeah, thank you for making the time to come on. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, sure. Cheers.